Hello and good morning everyone. Only positivity here. I have my coffee with me. Ready to kick off podcast number 18 on this playlist that I'm looking to launch called Elevated Thoughts. So before diving into the book and everything like that, let's start with a level set. So as I endeavor upon pursuing knowledge and life experience through fitness, travel, photography, um, in this next phase of life, one habit that I've really formed is reading. So this podcast essentially goes through some of the books that I've been reading as of late um, and taking those lessons learned and applying them to experiences in my life. So um, before going to the book, let's start with uh, today's story. So um, today's story is a little bit more um, comedic in nature. Um, so, you know, for those of you that know me, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan, um, of hanging out with the boys. Like I love, I love my guy friends. I love hanging out with them. Um, we always have a good time. We're laughing, we're joking. Um, and we go out a lot together, right? Um, there is a, a specific, um, club in Chicago. That's kind of our favorite spot to go to. Um, it's a little bit more low key and, um, it has great hip hop music. So, um, you know that it's not going to be packed and there's going to be good music. So, um, going back to one night where we went there. And, um, so, um, one thing I'll say about myself is I, I have zero game when it comes to going out. And, you know, this experience actually happened when I was, you know, dating my current fiance. Um, but not that I'm, I'm looking to do anything when I go out, but I just never had game to begin with. Okay. But, for those of you that know me, um, I'm, I'm a big dancer, right? I love dancing. Um, you'll catch me jumping around a club sometimes. Um, and I just, I vibe with the music. You know, that's where I go to. I love zoning out to music, dancing, just being in, in my element. So um, every now and then when I'm out with the guys, you know, a, a group of girls might come up to us and, you know, they might try to dance with us. And, you know, that's harmless. If they're just trying to, you know, uh, we're all sitting in a circle. We're just dancing. We're having a good time. You know, I welcome that. That's, that's totally fine. Um, and so in this particular instance, you know, I was out with the guys, um, uh, we were, we were all jumping around dancing. Um, and you know, I was, I'm sweaty. I'm, I'm getting sweaty when I'm dancing. You know what I mean? Um, so we're having a good time and, you know, um, a group of girls walks over to us and, you know, they're in our circle now they're dancing with us and they're vibing. We're having a good time. We're goofy. You know, you can tell that we all like each other. Um, the guys, when we go out, like we're all best friends. So we love, um, being in that environment together. So anyway, so um, this, so we're dancing, and I'm in the center of the circle now. We all are taking turns. So what happens is one of the girls, uh, she might want to dance with me, right? So what she does is she she grabs my arm, like in the forearm area, right? And she grabs it, and I think she wants to pull me in to dance with her, right? So what happens is she grabs my arm, and she just slips off of it, right? Um, and she just literally, it looks like she's trying to grab a bar of soap, right? because my forearm is just so ridiculously sweaty, you know? And um, so for those of you that, you know, work out a lot, cardio, you know that once your arms start sweating, like you're at a next level um, of sweatiness. So essentially she grabs my arm and she just slips through it. Um, And then she immediately looks at her hands with the utmost face of disgust. Um, And then that group, leaves us right because that was gross as hell and then all my friends are just laughing at me um because they all saw it so you know what um i think uh i am my own cooler at times not that you know i was looking to do anything but um i think i i tend to jump around too much i'm very loud um and i and i I get sweaty when i'm dancing and you know it is kind of gross uh but for those who who know me they know that just comes with the repertoire and that just comes with the whole package so um yeah
a little bit of a little bit of humor there. So, um, anyway, jumping back to the book. So, we'll, today we're going to be going through um, mindful relationship habits um, by uh, S. J. Scott and Barry Davenport. So, essentially, um, this book is 25 best practices for couples who are looking to enhance intimacy nurture closeness and really grow a deeper connection so um, we're doing five parts uh, on this book because there's 25 habits so we're on part three today so um, one thing that is reassuring um, is that you know about 99 percent of these habits um, are things that you know i personally already go into with uh, my fiance in some capacity but there's always room for improvement um, and that's the mentality i really use as i'm reading and trying to pick up tidbits to apply in my life so at the start, we talk about how love and relationships um, is a great journey to embark upon, um, and it really can help you be the best version of yourself. So the let's go into mindful relationship habit number 11 um, for today, and that is become an expert on your partner. So um, kind of self-explanatory there, but let's dive into it. <clears throat> so partners in a relationship the book outlines that they can start to feel like they know everything about their partner and they'll they might stop wanting to learn about them um, or even inquiring about their partner and what i'll say is you know we all know or i know my fiance very well and it can be easy for me to assume that i know what they're thinking right i'll have a whole conversation in my mind like oh if i would have done this you would have thought that then i would have done this and you would have thought that without even ha having an interaction with my fiance right so you know one one method to clear that up and you know like we talk about in the four agreements is not making assumptions and um, asking a question will always clear up any um, concerns um, or assumptions that you may have because the truth is that people continue to grow, right? Um, and they continue to grow and change. And they they might want to share that growth with you. Um, but like, for example, so let's say my, my fiance or myself, let's say I'm forming a new habit, um, like reading. So that's gonna be me doing something I don't normally do. Or let's say I take up yoga. That's going to be doing something that I don't normally do, and there's going to be habits I have to form around that that are out of the ordinary. But one thing you can do is is not belittle your partner or those you care about in their growth, right? They're just trying new things, um, and we can we can support them in a non-judgmental way. Um, and so there's no point in belittling um, because you don't really know what's going on, right? Unless you ask that question. You know, going forward to what we talked about and shared rituals of. If your partner really dreams about doing something or wants to do something, you you might even be inspired to join them in that dream once you ask these questions, um, and that'll enhance your bond and create some shared rituals, will, which will, will deepen the bond and and strengthen it. Um, the book even goes to understanding your your significant other's childhood experiences before you met them. So understanding this can really give you a better perspective on who your partner is. And really make you more understanding of their emotional reactions and motivations, and you'll really be su surprised um, of how things really click and come together once um, once you ask these questions and once you dive deeper into their character. So, so you know, one thing I'll say is that um, you know I have a really close bond with my guys. I always talk about them in my podcast, and I always talk about them with my fiance as well. You know, we're like brothers, and 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 we really look out for each other and. But but why but why is that right? Why is that? 
Um, why am I so close with my friends? And, you know, as, at surface level, you know, my fiance could assume that, you know, I just like drinking with them. I like partying with them. You know, I just like the surface level things. But what, what I tell her is that, you know, over the past 10 years of me knowing my best friends, whenever I felt like I was down and out, um, when my back was against the wall, amongst many people, you know, my guys were really there to uplift me. And they let me, you know, stay at their places when I didn't have a place to stay. They rally seamlessly for each other. And we do that, um, we do that in kind. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for, for those moments with my, with my guys. Um, and so when they need me, I'm 100% going to show up no matter, no matter what, right? If they need something from me, I'm dropping everything and I'm coming, I'm coming to help, okay? And so um, I'm very hard-ass about that. But it can often be taken, it could be taken as negative if I didn't clear that up, right? So my my fiance now understands my bond with the guys. And she understands that, you know, it's more than just a drinking buddy that I have. It's more than drinking buddies that I have after we have these discussions. So, you know, as we talk about in the previous chapters, there are many questions that the book poses um, for you to get to know your partner or to ask, um, to dive into the, the dynamics of your relationship and get an objective view. So a couple of the questions that, you know, they go into asking and, you know, there's some there's some very basic ones like, you know, what's your partner's favorite color? Um, what is their favorite genre of food or, you know, category of food? And, um, but some of the deeper ones that, you know, we got into, me and my fiance got into was, um, you know, what is something your partner doesn't like about themselves? What does your partner think about the most? What does your partner value most in life? Now, if you don't know these things, it's worth knowing those things about your significant other, right? Like, what are some of their deeper thoughts? What are some of their deeper goals, their passions, and things like that? But, you know, I think we tweaked this exercise a little bit in in, in which we 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 answered for our partner. So what is something your partner doesn't like about themselves, right? I would I would answer that for my fiance, what I thought she didn't like most about herself. And then she would respond. And it can be the same answer, but it can also be different. And that'll be eye-opening to you. It'll give you a new perspective um, on, on your on your fiance's or your significant other's um, wants, needs, desires, long-term goals, things like that. And, you know, the essence of this is to become so intrigued by your partner that, that you really never run out of questions. You spend your whole life trying to get to know every detail about them. And like I said, you have your whole life, so there's really no rush. But um, a, key, a key point here is to, is to really promote an environment um, of sharing without judgment, right? Being vulnerable with your partner like we talked about um, in the last podcast. So, you know, that was relation, mindful relationship habit number 11, become an expert on your partner. So we move forward into mindful relationship habit number 12, which is embrace your love languages. Um, and we've talked about this one before, right? Um, expressing love in ways um, that are good for you um, is fine but it may be missing the mark with your partner, right? You should always have a conversation on what their love language is and how they're going to show love to you and how you're going to show love to them. Um, and, you know, I like I personally feel it's, it's really nice to show um, or to want to show love. And that's the first step, right? Like you should always be willing um, and form that habit of showing love and affection uh, towards your significant other. Um, but going building off of that, you should be willing to express love in the way that your partner receives it best. 
So, you know, let's break that down a little bit more and use a, a concrete example. So, you know, I, t I think about um, buying buying an engagement ring for my fiance, right? And I think a, a lot of it's a lot of people have different views on it. And um, for me, I started with saying, hey, look, I want to find a wedding ring that I think looks good. I'm going to do my research on the four C's. Um, what is it like? Cut, carrot, whatever, right? Clarity. There's one other one. Um, I'm going to do the research um, for, for uh, rings in my price range, different shapes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise her, all right? But um, after discussion, I ran it by her. You know, she had a very specific um, view for her wedding ring, okay? And um, I can... I can I could get frustrated and say, hey, I'm gonna spend oh all this money on this wedding ring, and um I and, I, and when I surprise you with it, you're not gonna be happy about it because it's not what you wanted. But at the same time, she's gonna be wearing this ring for the rest of her life. So for me, it made sense that she has a say in that process, right? Like she is gonna wear it. Why not it be the one of her choosing? Okay. So, you know, I'm going to bring it back to an example from The Office, okay? So now, I, I watch The Office um, pretty much every single day. It's in the it's on in the background. Um, I love The Office. Probably one of my favorite shows. But um, I'm going to talk about Jim and Pam from The Office for, for a minute. And I know I know they're, they're often seen as a uh, um, an ideal couple, but there, I think there's many, many uh, flaws in their relationship, <laughs> but uh, I'm not trying to piss anyone off with that. So, so let's talk about a couple examples, um, and, and we'll see where I'm coming from. So, Jim bought his parents' house for Pam, right, for them to live in, um, without consulting her, right. It was a surprise, and that's a huge purchase, right. And to me, that's a it's a great gesture, right. You're willing to spend all this money um, on your on your fiance and 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 cultivating an environment for the family, but he really just expected her to be okay with with her living in his parents' house so his parents could retire, right? So it's kind of like you're bringing your wife along um, for this without really considering her opinion. And luckily, she was okay with it, right? But um, in earlier episodes, she had described a house that was her ideal house, right? Like it had a balcony, um, things like that. And she's not going to get that um, because Jim went ahead and just bought a house anyway, right? But she loved him, so it didn't matter, right? All good. Um, but additionally, even Jim didn't consult Pam on her wedding ring, right? He was like, I bought this ring the first day I met her, right? Whatever. Um, so, which is fine, right? Because she didn't care about it, but she could have had a preference on it, um, on this thing she's going to be wearing for the rest of her life. So not trying to take anything away from Jim and Pam, but, um, like I think there, after reading this book, there's probably certain ways that I might've gone about it. Um, even though it's not a real life scenario. So we'll move on from that. So in terms of this habit as well, um, the author lines out to use to use positive language and positive words um, because insulting or um, curbing the conversation with negative comments um, can really cut deep, right? We know that words um, often, um, like the pen is mightier than the sword, right? We often know that words can cut very deep and have long-lasting impressions um, on our relationship. So always promote positive environments. Um, additionally, spend quality time together, okay? And then you'll figure these things out slowly but surely. Um, so the author says that, you know, that spending quality time does not mean sitting in front of the TV, okay? It means turning the TV off, looking at each other, and giving each other your undivided attention, okay? And um, it also goes into uh, conducting acts of service or performing acts of service, you know, like setting the table, cleaning the house, taking a partner's car to get, you know, serviced, fill gas. So 
uh, all of these things take effort um, and planning, and they really go above and beyond what your normal day-to-day -day is, right? Anything in excess of what you would do for yourself should be taken as a gift, right? Um, and I think it's hard for us to pull back sometimes because we take a lot. We can take a lot for granted, right? Oh, you know. Um, so I personally fill up my fiance's gas tank uh, once a week, but um, let's say I forgot one week and you know she got mad at me but you know to be honest that was something I don't have to do it's something you know I fill up my gas I take care of my car I do all my things but and and when I do this it's above and beyond what I normally do so the fact that I've done it even a few times um, it should be taken well right so you know just some food for thought there and in, in the last few things they go into is giving each other gifts now I'm a big fan of um, sentiment uh, over overspending right quality over quantity but um, it can be it can be either or. So I would say it doesn't have to be expensive. One example of a gift that I do on a, on a recurring basis is you know I'm, I I always talk about how I color. So I color a lot from these um, extensive coloring books. They call them adult coloring books, but that sounds a little bit raunchy. They're just like mandalas and um, like animals and things like that. And um, so I color these things. And um, once I color them, I'll write a note on the back, and it's a love note. I'll and I'll, I'll write it to my friends. I'll I'll write it to my fiance a lot. I leave notes around the house for her to find. So um, it's it's sentiment, right? It's me consciously putting pen to paper and expressing my thoughts about her. Um, and like I said, I'm no guru, but like I said, some of these habits are things that we already do. Um, so it's it's nice to show uh, some kindness and some appreciation for each other in the form of a gift. Um, but but to, to wrap these ideas up, whenever you offer a gift, whatever you offer, the author says it should be offered without the reward in mind. Um, you should do it solely um, because you are just pleased to be with your partner and you're grateful, right? Do it out of the goodness of your heart and don't really worry about getting, you know, an emotional, physical reaction to it because that's your love language and your partner should cherish that right they should cherish every little bit like i leave millions of notes around the apartment my fiance saves all of them right um because she cherishes that as my love language even though i don't expect that from her i don't expect her to like cry every time but she can refer to them um maybe if i you know go on a trip or something like that or if she's feeling sad one day right so things like that um, you want to always look for ways to surprise your partner and, and show them that you care in different ways, right? And it's not all about the reward. It's about the fact that you're trying new things to either um, show affection, impress, um, enhance your relationship. So wrapping that one up, that was mindful relationship habit number 12, embrace your love language. So we go into mindful relationship habit number 13, which is heal hurts quickly so essentially what that means is you know try your best to expedite um, resolving conflict so if you remember we talked about in the last podcast or maybe the one before that was that it takes five good interactions to undo one bad interaction now imagine if these fights these little um, discrepancies or you know tiffs were to last for days and how many good interactions it would really take to undo these compiling accumulating negative interactions so let's say we sleep on it, right? Let's say we have an argument and we sleep on it. Um, and then the next day we go the entire day without wrapping up that conflict. And, and we come back and now it's been 24 hours since we fought. And we've wasted a whole day just being stubborn um, and moving farther and farther away from a solution, right? That, that to me is wasteful. It's wasting time. Um, it's choosing 
to be to be in this discomfort, choosing to be upset when um, a, a resolution or conflict can be embarked upon to really wrap up this this issue. So anyway, move on to the next point. So um, even the sheer unwillingness to fix a conflict can um, can can really chip away at a relationship. Okay, so let's say like you know I wait for her to initiate conflict resolution, and she's waiting for me to initiate conflict resolution. There's there's no winner there, right? We both lose, <clears throat> and um, you both win really if you get through the conflict sooner. So it's a good practice in putting your pride aside and initiating a resolution. Because what what do I get by being the one who who didn't say sorry first, right? Or who who didn't initiate the the resolution? Um, some people can say it's weak, but it actually takes a stronger person to to initiate a resolution as opposed to just sitting there um, in the misery, right? So, um, but I do think if it's consistently one person resolving conflict or initiating it, maybe that's a conversation to have as well, right? You both should be geared towards reaching a solution. And the more you let conflict linger, like I said, the further you get away from conflict res resolution. You might forget the original conflict, right? And then if once you forget what you guys initially thought about, you're going to lean on your pride even more, right? And you're just going to combat and combat and combat, pushing you farther and farther away. So the resolution is to address conflict as soon as possible. And, and that's a great line. So um, I'm no guru. I'm not going to attempt to know everything about this. But um, you, you want to come together. And attempt to expedite a solution, and it'll show it'll show right that you both are geared towards it. But you can also develop a timeout signal. The book goes into so if you if you cannot calm down in that moment um, or become detached from from what the actual conflict is, then yeah, take the time, but try to come back you know as soon as possible and figure it out. So try take that time to you know breathe, um, you know maybe look in the mirror and smile. Um, Say a few nice things out loud about your partner and why you love them, right? And once you calm down, once your heart rate slows, go back and try to figure it out. Um, because you know when you when you do come together for a solution, um, it, it'll it'll show your partner like I've, like I've been re repeating through this habit that you're you're geared towards finding a solution. But when you come back for this conversation, always bring it back to yourself, right? Tell the partner what you need or want as opposed to blaming them, right? Say, don't say. Um, I you you left the dishwasher open like you suck. You know what I mean? Like like obviously no one would say that, but like say like I need you to you know clean up after yourself, right? It makes me frustrated when I come home to a a a uncleanly apartment. Um, and it makes it makes me cranky. It makes me irritated. Um, I it makes me feel like you know I'm holding more of the weight. Right. So bring it back to yourself and, and describe how you're feeling. Right. As opposed to pinning um, the blame on your partner's character flaws, because that's going to make them get defensive. Um, so wrapping that uh, habit up, which was mindful relationship habit number 13, heal hurts quickly. So we move on to mindful relationship habit number 14, which is, uh, you know, building off 13, initiate productive uh, conflict. OK, so. We have this habit of assuming that conflict is negative, right? But when you have when you have productive conversation, you bring things up that need to be spoken about that might be tough, but at least you got it out there. And once you get through that conversation, I know we can almost guarantee that your relationship is going to be stronger because of it. 
So the first thing the book goes into on this habit is to approach and resolve conflicts in ways that generate helpful solutions and protect the relationship. So those are two things you should keep in mind. Um, helpful solution that protects the relationship. So they go further in saying it's the way that we handle conflict that's going to matter. So we don't want to avoid it because that's going to be costly um, and potentially build up resentment for the long run. And, you know, personally, I, I know that conflict is going to arise in any relationship, right? Any, any person that you care about, there's going to be conflict in your relationship at some point. But what you want to do is make sure you are equipped to handle it, um, and not just sweep it on the rug and not respond emotionally, right? Think about how you can generate a solution and move forward. Um, it can be really easy to write off conflict or be upset by it when things aren't going perfectly. And the truth, the truth is about that situation is, is nothing is going to be perfect. And, you know, when you see a couple that is quote unquote happy, right? Um, if they are truly happy, you, you can, you can really be rest assured knowing that they probably have some solid process of productive conflict, um, having tough conversations and providing solutions, right? Um, that to me would uh, signify a, a successful relationship. And one thing that I've learned personally from work, you know, one of my directors said this once to me was, um, if you come to me with a problem and you don't have a solution, then you are complaining, which is okay, right? But you should always have a solution or a, a proposed solution to your problem, right? At least think about it, right? Think about how we can course correct. Think about how we can um, be better going forward. And if anything, what that's going to do is force you to reflect on your relationship and your behavior. And that's kind of where we can provide that solution or find that solution. And going forward, um, be be constructive and listen. Okay, so like that, you don't have to agree with your partner's ideas, but you should always acknowledge them, right? Let them know that their feelings do matter because they should, right? Um, if you are in a partnership, um, every person's opinion is going to matter, okay? And, and you have to be able to navigate through it and not just write it off. Um, always try to pull yourself back and be objective. Um, brainstorming options, right? Make better decisions uh, because you have options and you have all the facts. So let, let, I'm going to bring it back, and it's not exactly relevant, but, you know, we're, we're in the market for buying a car, okay? So what, what I'm going to do first is figure out the type of car I want. Okay, do I want a sedan, do I want an SUV, um, do I want a coupe, things like that, okay? So um, am I going to go with a luxury car or am I going to go with a regular brand, right? And then so once I figure that out, what are all the cars in that bracket? So let's say I'm looking for a four-door sedan. Um, I'm going to look at um, the Honda Accord. I'm going to look at the Toyota Camry. Um, I might look at the Mazda 6, um, the Chevy Impala. And those are all in the same category, I believe, right? So I'm going to look those up. And I'm going to look up, you know, gas mileage. I'm going to look up um, maintenance. I'm going to look up longevity um, and things like that. So now I have a bunch of options, right? I have a bunch of options, and I can make an informed decision based on price, look, feel, maintenance costs, longevity, things like that. And you may not need all these steps, right? This is a you know, car buying situation. But the point is, when you evaluate your options, you show someone else that you're serious, right? I've done my research. I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this situation. I'm serious about getting the most out of my relationship. So another thing they go into, which, you know, I, you know, I don't know if I agree with or don't agree with, but they say, don't be afraid to pull in trusted people. Now, what that means to me um, is, right, you want to use discretion when sharing about your relationship. 
But don't be afraid to lean on someone and gain their advice, right? Don't be afraid to share um, some details with your friends and ask for their advice, right? And um, maybe maybe you'll get some perspective there, right? And um, I'm personally not the best about sharing um, details of my intimate relationship, um, but I think with people you trust, they can give you a a, a either just a ear, right? Or they can give you solid advice because they are indeed looking out for you and your interests. So, you know, um, that one's that one's a little bit gray for me. But um, so one of the points of that is, though, is is what you want to do is um, you, you like I said before, you want to point to a behavior um, that bothers you, okay, as opposed to a quality of your partner because that can be taken offensively. So you don't want to be saying things about your partner that irritate you um, to someone else. You want to be saying kind of, how how things make you feel right um how you're feeling in the relationship and then find ways to either remediate those negative feelings or enhance those positive feelings um so let's use an example of that right so let's say your partner says something to, like you are sloppy and disorganized right um and like i said before on the other side of that um, you can understand what your partner is saying without getting offended right um you should be able to read between the lines um uh, of what your partner is saying like if my fiance has an, it, it lashes out at me or i lash out at her like let's say she lashes out at me i should be able to pull back take that hit right i'll take that hit um and then read between the lines something else is bothering her today because um this is not in her in her character to do this right so that's just an example right um always try to read between the lines try to go beyond the initial reaction of your partner because um, you do want to get to the root cause of it and then lastly lastly ask if there's anything else always always leave it open-ended um, for them to share right always hear um, always listen actively and and that wraps up um, our our 14th habit which is initiate productive conflict and leads us into the last habit for today which is mindful relationship habit number 15 develop active listening so so one thing um, they start off with is that you know if your partner brings a an issue to you as they hear themselves talk um they may feel heard they may gain some more clarity on what their feelings are around the problem and they might be more equipped to find a solution if you just listen right um sometimes what happens is we have a lot of uh like we have a lot of mind traffic, right? A lot of thoughts flowing around. And sometimes it's hard for us to objectively listen. But sometimes if we just say it out loud, we can have all the answers we need right there, right? We can say, oh, man, that was stupid. Oh, or, oh, I was right the whole time, you know, now that I heard myself say it out loud. Um, but before you offer a solution, just listen. Listen. <laughs> so um, the ro our role in, as a significant other is not always to provide a solution, right? Like I said, it can be just to listen listen and give our significant other the tools they need or the confidence they need to solve their own problems okay you listen to your partner and you let them share without judgment or anger or any of those other emotions okay so the book outlines that by nature we are more motivated to talk than to listen and that's why active listening is a skill because it requires restraint um, and calculation and tolerance um, and, you know, we're really quick to offer a solution, but a solution is not always uh, the answer, right? And the book goes into this, which is very, very important in my mind. Offer empathy and not sympathy, okay? So let's say my partner, 
my significant other is telling me a story, right? Um, and it's a negative story about how the tough the day was. Now, my 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 initial reaction might be to share a story where my situation was worse, and that comes from a good place, right? So she could say, "Oh man, I had I got five new projects today, man. That 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 sucks." And I'll be like, "You know what? Uh, I I got six new projects today, and um, my my tire broke, popped, right? And so now." That might have come from a good place, like, oh, I feel you. I had a tough day too. But that belittles her problem, right? That makes it seem like mine is worse. So um, refrain from sharing a story about yourself uh, as opposed to just listening, right? Um, and my, my initial reaction is to solve my fiance's problem, right? But I realize to be a good partner, that's not always what's needed. So now I'm going to go back into a Jim and Pam story, okay? And um, because I've been watching The Office so much recently, I'm starting to dive into the deeper workings of all of the characters. So there's an episode where, where Dwight is competing against the, the website, right, to um, outperform in terms of sales. And he's doing that to impress Angela, who doesn't want to be with him anymore, Okay. So, so he wins. He ends up beating the, the, the website, and Angela still isn't impressed, and she asks Pam to set her up with someone, okay? So that, that hits Dwight hard. Dwight goes to the stairwell, and he's crying now because he's upset that she wants to start dating other people. So Jim, right, From and it was kind of him to do this, I guess, he goes over to Dwight, and he sits down, and he goes, do you want to know why I left Scranton? It was all about Pam. She was dating Roy, and I just couldn't take it. Um, so I left. And then he, he gets up and walks away, and it's like, dude, what the... Like, so you just came and, like, said five sentences about yourself, and then you left? And, like, I know that came from a good place, but damn, dude, like, like Dwight's hurting right now. Just, like, just be there for him if he needs it, right? Let him cry. Like, he, he needs this moment, right? Like, why are you... Now he has to, like, kind of, like, sympathize with you during his trying time. Um, and then, you know going back to another story with Pam, right? So so I don't know if this was with, with uh, Angela specifically, but I think Angela was feeling upset about something with Dwight. Um, and uh, she, so she was feeling upset about something with Dwight, right? And Pam immediately rattled off with a story about like how upset she was when Jim was dating Karen, right? She's like, when Jim was dating Karen, every day sucked. Like I had to watch him with her and and Angela's like, yo, what? Like, why are you talking about yourself right now? You know, like, I'm having an issue here. And, like, now it's 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 about you, right? So I think it's, we, like, we have to be careful about throwing in stories about ourselves because they can belittle um, the story at hand. Um, and it's more sympathy than empathy, right? Just understand where they're coming from. Understand they're having a hard day. Um, and, and just be there, right? That's it. So, you know, that's a long story, but I've been throwing some shade at Jim and Pam this podcast, so I'm going to apologize for that, but I don't, they're just a good example um, for what we're going through here. So anyway, when we just listen and offer offer that support, it can really give that person the confidence, right, like I said, to solve their own issues. And, and what we want to do is repeat back to our partner, right, repeat back to them, um, not verbatim, but like kind of what they're feeling. Okay, so you're, you're feeling frustrated because um, you got five new projects today and you know, I understand that. You know, it's tough, right? Like, um, you know, you thought you had X amount of products for a week and now it's, it's doubled. Oh, man, that must suck. You know, like, just, just go there with them. Feel that emotion with them um, and try to put yourself in their shoes. And then lastly, right, last point for the day 
is is let there be silence okay and i think i have this issue of always trying to fill those gaps right with 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 fluffer words or fluffer phrases and things like that but it's okay to to let the silence flow through the room okay allow that silence to occur and and allow that time for the other person to share more if they have right sometimes when we're going through struggles we need a second to to process to think um, and we might not be able to shoot off um, phrases and thoughts as articulately as we would have hoped to or as 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 articulate as we normally would right so give that person the time let there be silence um, and if anything just your presence can help so that's all i got for you guys today i hope you guys are enjoying feel free to leave me any comments and remember only positivity thanks guys